And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday. Expository Thursday. So we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts. We travel to understand the things the Lord requires of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First... We are merely human beings like yourselves. Wow. Don't you wish that all the people in front of the ministry, the ones on the stage, would sit this in this little thing right here a little bit more often? They would just sit in this. Like, we're just merely humans, just like you. The difference between us is this four inches of stage. It's really the only difference there is, and your seats are more comfortable. Uh, Pastor Kurt from Stillwater Church, he does a great job of breaking down the barrier between uh, a teacher and a person that attends the church. He really does. And there's unfortunately, there's not many that live in the humble. He just does a, an excellent job of it. I would tend to listen and review with much greater intensity if the people speaking would remember that the, the division of true excellence is between heaven and earth and, by third, and not by 30 or 40 feet from a pulpit to a pew. Just just a little statement there. And uh, he never left himself without a witness. Another text in there. And wow, we must remember that God will give everybody a fair shake to respond to his witness. Not every witness is the same. And that's because not every person is the same. But God knows what each person needs. He will never fail to witness to his truth. A person, person under the lamb is a sign of righteousness in a godless nation. Do you know what I just said? This is something you need to know. A person who's underneath a lamb, that picture means righteousness in a nation that doesn't believe in God. He's always giving a witness. That's what's so amazing. And the, the leading atheist has asked why God is so hard to find. The answer is simple, because it takes faith to see him. And finally, here is how flaky people are. In one moment, the people can hardly restrain themselves. They're offering sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas. They thought of the two messengers and ministers as God walking amongst them. After a few well-placed lies and deceptions, the people turned from believing they were gods to believing they were goons. From gods to goons in the blink of an eye. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? You can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david 
at hemasincrease.org. When you type that in, make sure you make that sound livid because then that'll make it get there faster. You can also text us 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, you'll end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a Dynamite. Dynamite! Talking to Dynamite D is like somebody sending you a homemade dinner as a gift. That sounds amazing, Dave. Isn't that sound amazing? And it got me looking at you kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and, and especially if they're a good cook. <laughs> That's, that matters. Right? If they're not a good cook, you'd be like going, Lord, what did I ever do wrong? Anyway, <laughs> we'll just move on from there. Here's the, the bottom line to the whole thing. Maybe you've got an opinion, a thought, a comment, or a question. Fantastic. Now, he, what we're going to tell you is it's not a kvetch fest. And so I had to use that word kvetch fest with my family uh, a couple days back. All right, because they don't, sometimes you got to remind them it's not a kvetch fest. That doesn't mean everybody's just there and just kvetch, 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 kvetch. That's Yiddish for wine, wine, wine. You know, we had that joke yesterday. Here's the bottom line we're trying to encourage one another and strengthen one another. That's what we're going for. We're going for Hebrews 3.13 and Hebrews 10.25, putting them together. You know, we want to encourage one another as we see the day of the return of Jesus Christ getting closer and closer and closer. In the meantime, we still need to move forward and forward and forward in the kingdom. So you might have something that you need prayer for, and we want to pray with you, or something you want to share, just a praise report. This is something the Lord has uh, has uh, uh, done. It's awesome in my life. I just want to acknowledge it. Maybe you just got something you want to talk about. Maybe you've got the best recipe for apple pie. I don't know. Maybe you have an answer to this trivia question. Here we go. It's a pretty easy one. Who led the Israelites after the death of Mo? Who led the Israelites? That's right. I use Mo. I'm Jewish. I can do whatever I want. Uh, who led the Israelites after the death of Mo? If you think you know the answer, nine seven. Don't say curly. Nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. You can also text in two one four two one zero eight four eight three, or you can send an email David at he must increase dot org. Uh, basically, the question is, who led Israel after the death of Moses? But I do call him Mo, just like I, you know, I call everybody kind of first name, like Pete instead of Peter. Uh, I don't see that as disrespectful. I'm sure they would call me the Jewish guy that talks a lot, so that's okay. Uh, we do have somebody calling in, so let's have them come on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello. Hi. Uh, sorry, this is Will Rogers. Hi, Will. How are you? I'm great. I hope you're a lot better. I'm doing a lot better. I'm home. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not out of Texas. I'm back in Texas. I'm just doing better. That's just all I got to say about that. But I'm doing better. Thank you, sir. Uh, and yes, and sir. are you ready for this one? This is a classic question. I have a very strong feeling in my mind and heart. You're going to get this done perfectly. Who led the Israelites after the death of Moses? Well, let's see. After Moshe, there would have been Yeshua, also known as Joshua. Correct, Amanda! And now you know the secret reason why I named my first son Yeshua, or Joshua, 
<laughs> That's why I named him that because he's after the law. And uh, it's just uh, what I named my firstborn before I was ever married. I named him in my mind and heart. And I was like, the first kid's going to be a boy. It's going to be Joshua. Uh, excellent job, my brother. Fantastic work. Oh, that one was so easy. I know. Wait, there's one coming in about three, three, three more questions. Really hard. Well, I'll have to do that one by uh, text because I don't want to interrupt somebody else getting the call. You got it. Thank you, brother. Thank you for being a blessing. We greatly appreciate you. And a blessed day to you, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Are we having fun yet? Always. Okay. Where do you see this? I, I, I just, I love, I just can't tell you how much I love this. These, some of these books that were, now, I will tell you that, the, you know, when we did uh, Hebrews, you know, chapter 9 and 10 are more boggy than chapter 11, because it's all the faith, you know, the Hall of Fame of Faith. And, but, but Acts is just like filled. There's so many things that are going on. And so here I want to go, I'm going to have to back it up a little, then do the runway work. So just bear with me. Uh, for those that didn't hear, the answer was Joshua. Yeshua, 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 Yeshua. That's why Yeshua, how much Yeshua, Joshua. Okay. Uh, okay, I want to back this up a little bit in Acts chapter 14. Follow the runway because you will greatly appreciate uh, this moment here. Okay, so this is the, the people there at Lystra, and they just said in verse 12, they decide that Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus and that Paul, because he was the chief speaker, was Hermes. The temple of Zeus was located at the outskirts of the city. The priests of the, te of the temple and the crowd brought oxen and wreaths and flowers, and they prepared to sacrifice to the apostles at the city gate. But when the Barnabas and Paul heard what was happening, they tore their clothes in dismay. And they ran out among the people shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We are merely human beings like yourselves. Why are you doing this? We're just human beings like yourselves. Look, I don't have any problem that there's front ministries, so to speak, that there's people on the stage, there's people in front of cameras. No, there's no problem with that. But when they're too holy to be connecting to the regular people, there's a problem with that. I mean, one of the things that I find amazing about Jesus is that he's, is, you know, he was friends with the sinners. Most of the Christians I know wouldn't be friends with sinners if you paid them. How is that not the same thing? And so there's this attitude or this, you know, these people are so great. And here Paul and Barnabas, all they're doing is sharing the message. Remember, jars of clay. We talked about this before. They're jars of clay. They're not perfect. They got their moments. He's even saying, we got a lot of stuff that goes on. And so they bring the message, and the message is so powerful, the people think that they're gods. Now, I've sat in a church, and I've sat in messages and in conferences and all that stuff where the ministry was so powerful. I mean, it was just, un it was just incredible. But we are all just people. We are all sinners. Sinners saved because we're believing, but we're all sinners. You didn't get saved without acknowledging that. So I want you to hold that, recognize that, that sometimes it's the people who respond to the message that put the messengers on the pedestal. On the pedestal. Let, me, let me say that again because there's some people that need to hear that. Sometimes it's the people that hear the message that put the people on a pedestal. 
Ever heard that expression, don't meet your heroes? There's a truth to that in its own way. It'd be different for Jesus. But if you met Peter, you'd probably be thinking, here's the most holy man of God. Yeah, maybe you should reread Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> he had a couple of grand moments, didn't he? And my point in telling you that is don't, don't put anybody on a pedestal where Jesus goes. Don't elevate anybody, anytime, yourself included. Because all God has to do is hold up the mirror and you'll catch it right away. There's a lot of work yet to be done. In fact, there's just one testimony that, is, that I believe is more accurate than most, and that is the closer in you get, the more you see how much more you need Jesus. It's like, well, I think that's true. Because you recognize, wow, he was perfect. He is perfect. He will always be perfect. Me? Yeah. By position, by position right now in practice when I'm in his presence and I see him as he is. So I think the idea behind this is what I'm trying to communicate is they were saying, we're just people, man. We're just, don't do that. Don't, we're just regular, you know, we're merely humans like yourselves. It is a great message. It's a fantastic word, but it was just people. And you can have a pastor of a church that's 20 people or 200 people or 2,000 or 20,000. It's no different. They would not be able to do one ounce of what they do aside from the grace of God and the breath which God gives them. That is where we need to stand. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. All right. We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? I did what most Christian men would do when they make a mistake. It's their fault. There's nothing but humiliation on your face, and you're trying to recover in the moment. And you know what I did? I blamed it on every possible unseen force except for myself. You have chosen wisely. (laughs) 
so guess who knocked that uh, crystal light on that white carpet? It was Satan, by golly. Well, it was at that moment because it certainly wasn't my fault. I didn't knock the, the crystal light all over. It was my glass. I did pour it. I did bring it to the table and somehow fell on the, the carpet and spread everywhere. And by golly, I wasn't going to take the blame for it because that would be taking personal responsibility. Well, I'm not taking personal responsibility. After all, that $500 deposit we just had that we were hoping to get back when we move out is uh, already down to 200 <laughs> And it was dropping by the dollar as the stuff was spreading. <laughs> Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for our next trivia question. Here we go. Who walked with God and then was no more because God took him away. Who was that? Walked with God. And then he wasn't there because God took him away. Talk about a rapture. <laughs> right? Talk about a rapture. Right? Okay. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email david at he must increase.org. Phones are lighting up today, I'll tell you that. Uh, so we have uh, people that you have the opportunity to answer. Somebody does want to answer that, and you're going to be spared an extra 20 seconds on the jokes that are coming right behind it. So you should at least be very thankful to the Lord. Let's send it on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Oh, this is, uh, B. No, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think the accent and your voice give it away. I could be wrong, but yeah, I got you. Uh Would they give it away? It's Samson! <laughs> uh, All right, ready for the, the trip? Answer is What's the answer? Yeshua? No, I'm just That was the answer for the first trivia. So this one is uh, Enoch. Enoch is correct! He walked with God and then he was no more. For the Lord took him away. I remember talking about this in my earlier days of Christianity. I did point out that it's very important for people to understand that this story did not happen, but I imagine it happened. I think he was like, all right, honey, I'm going to go out and paint the side of the barn. He goes out to paint the side of the barn. And she goes, oh, Enoch, I need the trash taken out. Enoch, Enoch, Enoch. And then that was it. <laughs> That's how I look at it. <laughs> Gone he was right there. How are you, my brother? How are things? I'm okay. Yeah, last week I had a little bit. Uh, episode, so I end up in the ER. So, but thank God everything is fine. Yeah. Anything but the in particular? ER is not fine. <laughs> is, is it anything in particular that you're struggling with? Well, you know, I was mentioning that the, my my blood pressure was yep. kind of yep yep yeah. So it's like that. I felt like yeah, I was having a bit of chest pain, so I end up in ER. Okay. So, yeah. Any so. any panic attacks, like any panic attacky kind of things, or is it all physical? I, I think um, it was stressed 
and then muscle spasm kind of thing. Yeah. And then they did a bunch of other tests. So I'm waiting for one major test that they took it like last Tuesday. So they haven't called me yet. So hopefully they will call and I, I pray that everything's fine. Well, let me pray over you. I know, and I know that sometimes you get disconnected, but I still want to pray over you. And if you get disconnected, just keep listening on the phone, okay? Or on the radio, okay? okay? All right, let's pray. Father, we come before you right now, lift up our brother Samson. And, Lord, it's it's always scary not knowing what it is. That's probably the worst part. And so, Lord, let him not have fear enter into this situation. He's got a lot of stress. And, Lord, sometimes stress just it immobilizes us. It, it makes us afraid. It makes us doubt. And, Lord, we need Samson to have a breakthrough. Instead of him condemning himself or you know, thinking other people are condemning him, he needs to stand firm that he is a child of the Most High God and he can rely on your love and your faithfulness and your kindness. Good, bad, or indifferent to the things that are going on, you will always be good to him. And he needs to hold on to that with all of his strength. Give him that, imprint that in his mind and heart. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. All right, brother. Love you. You stay firm, Love okay? You too. Stay And uh, I'm praying for you. Hope you feel better as well. Yeah, I got to I got to go to the gym today. I have to. Oh, even okay. so I got to be but oh, I got to okay. be mild about it. You know what I'm saying? I got to be like soft. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right, All right. Well, God bless and shalom. All right, shalom. All right, so we'll do the jokes later. There's one joke that we're going to have to do. It's very funny, so I'm not not going to do it. Doesn't matter what you say. Is that arrogant, right? Is that just so arrogant? I mean, not really. Okay. You know the jokes. I'm like, I have the bump, bump, bump already yeah. ready for you. you know? All right, we'll do that. We'll do that later on. We got to get back into the teaching. Please don't forget to pray for the audience, and don't forget about your April buddies. You know, there's not that much time left in April, and I'm, we're going to do it again in May, and then sometime in May or June, we're going to do another contest. So. You just got to hang in there. That's what you got to do. All right, let's get into this uh, rest of this text, though. I think. And if I don't do it justice, just bear with me. I happen to think it's great that that Paul and Barnabas are like, man, we are just like regular people, right? Because this is the thing. Even if you are in a perfect, you know, like perfectly used by the Lord at that moment, you and I both know, boy, that was grace. (laughs) You know, you just put it where it needs to be. Now, here's the next thing that happened, and I think this is fantastic, and I do want to key in on this. So right after they says, friends, why are you doing this? We are merely human beings like yourself. We've come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things to the living God who made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. In earlier days, he permitted all nations to go their own ways, but he never left himself without a witness. Stop right there. But he never left himself without a witness. Listen to the things that are identified as witness. There were always his reminders, such as sending rain and good crops, giving you food and joyful hearts. Those are all graces of God. Did you hear me? They are all graces of God. Rain Good crops, food, joyful hearts. God has never left himself without a witness through nature and through other things. God has never 
ever left himself without a declaration. When there was nothing specific to tag to, he sent a prophet. When there were people that would not listen, he'd affirm it again by signs. He would do whatever he could do to get the attention of people. He has never been. So people will go out on the limb. I I just want to say it because it's, oh, there's that guy on the island that's never heard. First of all, he's on an island. How do you know what he heard or didn't heard? How do you know? Second, when's the last time you sent money? Third, (laughs) to the guy on the island. You see what I'm saying? And hypothetically, if, you know, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, it'd be Christmas every day. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is, oh, that's r- ridiculous. God has never put himself in a place without a witness. He's always faithful. He's always diligent. He's always just. In one of the darkest, most evil empires on this planet, they have pictures for words, and one of those pictures is a man or a woman standing underneath a lamb, and that means righteousness or rightness, and that's in their language. God is always giving witness because when we stand under the lamb, we're righteous. And it's just like, look, look at the, he knows exactly what he's doing in every nation, at every moment, in every element. And we need to recognize that, that, that it's how the Lord, he never, he's never unfaithful. And when it all, it's all said and done, people stand before the Lord, there will be plenty of things that he brings up. Not the least of which is how many times he signed the earth with his signature paintings called sunsets and sunrises. Oh, Dave, that's just pollution articles that have come about because of the Industrial uh, Revolution. Okay, but they're talked about 3,000 years ago before there was an Industrial Revolution, so maybe not. So here's the thing. The thing is God will always testify. He'll always testify. Now, here's something I want you to catch. Ready? He will always testify to you. Wait, 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 wait. That he loves you. How? Dave, okay, fair. How? Because when you wake up the next morning, whether you feel remorse or relief, you know God is still watching you. You know he's there for you. Every morning that you wake up. You wake up. I'll give you five seconds to get the stuff out of your eyes. Push the covers off. I give, I give everybody that. That's just, And you recognize I'm here and he's there and he's here with me and he's there and he's pulling me towards him. It's the witness of God. He loved you. Every morning. If you're not hearing it, let me just say this real quickly. You're not listening. Okay? All right. Well, I'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Since the dawn of the Internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. 
Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cowpunch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. No outsourcing. It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull There, that's better. Cowpunchsites.com slash dad. But Jamir, are you there with us? Uh, yeah. Okay, do you think you have an answer on how many days between the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the ascension? Uh, is it 40 days? That is correct, sir. You are a winner. Very nice. Uh, did you have to look it up, Jamir, or do you know, did you know? Uh, the funny thing is, um, I was reading this book, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, and then it was just talking about how God, like, transforms a, a lot of people's lives um, in 40 days, you know, and that happened to be one of the things that he was speaking about. So that was funny. I had just read that today, too. Wow, great timing. It, it taught me something. It taught me something, too. So I just, it's funny how you just spoke about it on the radio show. So I just had to call in, man. I always listen. So, so the trivia question actually had a meaning for you. It did. And now that just pushes me to, like, be more into also my Bible because if I was, like, I should have known that, you know what I'm saying? So... But, you know, that taught me something. I thank you for at least having that question because there's a lot of people who didn't know that, you know, so you're still teaching a lot of people. So thank you. The David Spoon Experience on 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then the show starts and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't you love KAAM? It's a great station. I do. It's a great station. We do know there's tr- uh, weather reports coming out. Weather alerts. I think it's raining out there. Somewhere. Yeah, they just did uh, hit the guy because uh, my leg, I can't do some of the, like, the spreading out the seed kind of thing or whatever. So he's like, he says to me, he says, do you, can you turn your sprinklers on? Now, I, I hope Aunt Deb's not listening to this. I haven't used my sprinklers in like four years. <laughs> and then I said, hmm, let me check the weather. It's like, hey, <laughs> hey it's going to rain. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, anyway, and see, rain is one of the blessings. You just have to understand that. So without rain, there's famine. 
Anyhow, let's just move right into the trivia question, then we'll do a couple other things. Here we go. Uh, you don't have to do this perfectly, but you have to do it. Here we go. What did God say, God the Father say, when Jesus was baptized? What did God the Father say when Jesus was baptized? If you think you know, 972 445 0770. Al had the best quip to start with. Uh, also, you can text 214 210 8483. As well, you can send an email, David at he must increase.org. We're going to send you up to the website as we often do. So, there's two things I need to tell you. We need to be praying for ministry wisdom because we need it. Okay. And then number two, don't forget about the ambassadors. There's some new brochures, and uh, Rosalind's making even newer brochures, just to let you know. And we have the business cards and the bumper stickers, and we just want people, no obligations, but it is important to know that that is available and you can uh, utilize that. And then don't forget about the money. It's on there. You can just go right to the website there. You can't miss the donate button because there's only one in red. Uh, so you. Click on that. You can give directly through the website. It's 100% safe, or you can just get the information on how to give through the website. All that's cool. We just want you to check it out. Look, there's a bunch of new stuff on there I promise you you haven't seen. Check out hemustincrease.org. He must increase. Prayer request. He must increase.org. Praise report. He must increase.org. Looking to give to this ministry? He must increase.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. <laughs> You're going to have to blame Jennifer for that one. That's a good one, though. I think it's hilarious. Um,. Uh, by the way, if you heard me say he must increase twice, that's because I wasn't sure that D saw that, and uh, so I was just repeating it. So that's me not not being patient, huh? I well, we had a caller. Well, yeah. you know, so and then sometimes you don't know what's going on. Uh, so I'm sorry. I'm just not patient, though. You know, this whole doctor thing is killing me, right? Oh, you're a doctor. Oh, you're a doctor. It's like I can't, I can't give a prescription, and I have no patience, and I just got so much stuff that I need to work on. It's not funny. Uh, somebody ready to uh, answer the trivia question? Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Um, hi, David. This is Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm good. You doing okay today? Yep, 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 yep. Legs a little better. I'm, I'm going to try and work out like a half a workout. Unless I drive home and it turns out that it's like more like Noah's Ark, and then I'll probably skip. Because <laughs> if I'm driving and the car starts floating, I'll probably take a I'll, I'll probably take a pass. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. What did God the Father say when Jesus was baptized? I think it's like um, this is my beloved son, and who I'm well pleased. Ding ding ding. A hundred percento. You get a hundred percent plus. Then you get a so you get an A and then a plus. So there's a, a couple <laughs> things there. You are my son. Of course, Al's first line was, that's my boy. But I will just skip on that. <laughs> but he says, this one. is my son in whom, whom I love. In you, I'm with you, I'm well pleased. And it's my contention, and I think a lot of people agree with this, not just me, but 
many scholars would say that's got nothing to do with just the baptism. That's the culmination of his life to that point. And the only thing that he could have been pleased about is his communion with the Father, because outside of that, he was a kid, and then he was a carpenter, and he was like he was happy with the connection. And that I just stand by that because I think that's what the Father loved the most is the communion, and that's what he loves with all of us. So that's why awesome. I stand, you. I stand right. with that. Excellent job, Deborah. Thank you so much. All right. Much. Thank you, and y'all have a good afternoon. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. There we go. Waiting for the jokes. We'll go on the fourth one. That means that we got to do history. Let's go All right, so don't forget there's weather alerts out there all over the place. Don't be surprised. All of the show would still be on the replay, but if you only miss a minute, you don't unless you're really a glutton for punishment or something like that, you know. So got a lot of those weather alerts going on. We know that's taking place. Uh, but then, uh, what is it? Uh, is it online that it happens or on the apps it's, that it happens? It's on the radio. Like if they're listening on there in the car, for instance, then it, then they will hear the weather alert. In yeah. the car. Okay. So that just happens. You know what I'm saying? Just got it. Okay. We love, we love the live engagement because that's how we connect to one another. Let's do the history. Uh, history for today is National Cheddar Fries Day. Oh, man. That sounds amazing. Can't have none, when, though. When you're, I know. <laughs> I, I could have bad stuff in Phoenix for a little while, but now I got totally back on my stricto. Stricto Dieto Devo. It's also National Pineapple Upside Down Cake, which is fantastic. Ooh. If you've never had that, brother, you I I'm have telling that. You, it. It is that sounds so, amazing. So good. Uh, today is uh, Fenway Park in Boston and Tiger Stadium in Detroit. Both opened for the first time on this day, 1912. Wow. Now, I've been to Tiger Stadium multiple times, and all I can say is... By the time we got there in the 60s, it was already time for a new stadium. <laughs> just don't get mad at me. That's just how it goes. Time for a new stadium. 1926, sound is added to film for the first time. Mm. How, about, how about that? Sound is added to film for the first time. And then uh, watch this. this is, we'll just go out with this one. A 1959, uh, Dolly Parton's first single, 13-year-old singer Dolly Parton released her first single, Puppy Love. She wrote it when she was 11 years old. And they call it Puppy Love. That's the song right there. All right. That's all you're getting from me. There you go. Right. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, I don't think you probably should. Let's just let that go. Here is uh, one of my faves. I, all these things are my favorite because I just, I just love the word. But listen to this. So these guys, they're they're speaking. They, they share the gospel. Very powerful. Very cool. Everything's happening. Totally awesome. And then the people, they respond by elevating them way too high, which is not a great thing. And they make them kind of like godlike, right? And then they're like, no, 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 no. First of all, we're just sharing the gospel with you. We're just people like you are. And uh, don't forget, God always leaves a witness. It's not just us. He's always leaving a witness. Yeah, that's great. And then this happens. So I want you to follow. Go to Acts chapter 14 and follow follow this. We'll pick it up from uh, verse 17. He never left himself without a witness. There, there was always his reminders such as sending rain and good crops and giving you food and joyful hearts. But even so, Paul and Barnabas could scarcely restrain the people from sacrificing to them. So in verse 18, you see the people are like what? They are so like... Paul and Barnabas and Barnabas and Paul and Wowser Bowser, verse 19. 
Now, some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and turned the crowds into a murderous mob. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, apparently dead. But as the believers stood around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he left with Barnabas for Derby. In verse 18, they're like gods. In verse 19, they're goons. This is how fast people turn. I, I, the reason that I want to tell you this is uh, the instability, even of some Christians, is quite amazing. Okay? Let's say you've been with a ministry for a year and you get a lot from it, but then that minister does, you know, something wrong or something happens you really disagree or however, however it goes. I'm not, I'm just, I'm not, I'm just trying to lay that out. It'll be from that was an anointed ministry of God. That was an anointed thing of God to what a bunch of thieves and what a bunch of crooks. And, and it's like, slow the roll, Joel. Okay. First, God used a donkey to rebuke a prophet. So let's keep everything in its place. Second, when the Lord speaks to you through something and it's a ministry, that is anointed and that is your heart opening up. Third, if they do something wrong six months later, six weeks later, six years later, it does not invalidate your experience. That's absurd. That is just, it's just the word. It's just so... You know, I went to the gym and I lost 50 pounds. But then the next day they raised the rates, those crooks. You didn't lose weight? It's like so ridiculous. It's absurd. And people do that and they associate their spiritual development and validity with what a person does up until they do something wrong. Don't do that. It was never the person in the first place. It was the Lord. And so people turn quickly. And with these guys, I like it because uh, in one verse, they're like, these guys are so great. And in the next one, these guys are so evil. And it's one verse apart. <laughs> it's like, what happened? Well, people are very unstable. And as Christians, we ought to certainly be aware of this, especially because the Scripture tells us as one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. We ought not to fly down those kind of roads. We ought to be never happy when somebody in the church is hurting or wounded. But it ne does not invalidate what God did any more than it invalidates all donkeys that God used a donkey to rebuke a prophet. It's just like so bizarre. we got to stop that. And when people turn... They turn and they do damage. So these people, instead of going, you're not gods, forget you, bye, they went after him with a vengeance until Paul was stoned. And you can bet, as the text tells you, the believers, I don't even think the disciples knew. Was he dead? Is he not? They didn't even know. And then he gets up. The point that I'm trying to make is can't be so quick to turn on people and things of that nature. That'd be true in relationships in, in many different ways. Uh, just if you want to read 
1 Corinthians 13, I think you would understand that true love exhibits itself correctly. And if somebody messes up instead of being, oh, they were bad all along, bad people, instead of doing that, we should be like, Lord, have mercy, restore them, bless them, encourage them, strengthen them, be with them in this hardest time. Like everything you would want somebody to do for you if you were in the exact same spot. I, I'll use this as an so uh, you know uh, Liberty University had their own issues when when the chancellor's son there was a problem there and so on and so on. It doesn't invalidate that all the people went to that school. If it did, then we can all invalidate Harvard, which we actually should have done because they have more Chinese spies than any other university. <laughs> He's from Harvard. Good, go back. All right, uh, we'll take our break and. Uh, yeah, then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Smoot Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Here we go. Let me give you an update on Easton Scott. A lot of tough stuff that my daughter and my son-in-law have been going through. Uh, I did send an email out. I don't know if, Julie, if you got the email I or did. not. I did. send it out to everybody. So he was going through 20 and 30 seizures per episode, and they've got that down to a dramatically less amount. But the sad news is that from a medical point of view— uh, Easton does not, it does not appear as, according to the doctors, that he will be able to speak or will be able to care for himself. Oh. And so what the result of that is, is that Julianne and Jared, my son-in-law and my daughter, have recognized that God has put them in a position to be the best parents, to love Easton Scott with all that they can and give them the best life that they can. But while that's going on, they're not going to stop believing that something can change. And the doctors even said... This is territory we don't even know. Right, because this, this is a problem that not very many people have had. So Very few. Everybody is different. Yeah, and, they're, and they're, they have like 230 total cases in the world that they have records on, which is like, so they're like, we don't know. Right. And it's like, so I, I just want to read this one thing my daughter wrote. It's a fantastic. She wrote this, uh, you know, it's not easy to sit there and write a Facebook post that tells all the things you've been going through. And so I'm not going to read everything, but I'm going to read the last paragraph because I thought that was really significant. She wrote, scientifically, Easton does not have much of a chance. His best case scenario is he may possibly be able to walk and say three to five words one day. But God can help him. He's not afraid of impossible odds. And if Easton is healed one day, there will be no question as to where it comes from. It will not be because of therapy. It will not be because of medication or diet. It will be because of God's undeniable healing power so in the meantime we choose to raise a hallelujah and trust in god ladies and gentlemen that is faith now the the idea that it's going to be simple and everything's going to be great and they're trying to make pie in the sky that doesn't exist at all if you read this and and i think wonder julie can attest to it she tells you this is ugly this, right. this is a not a good situation. It's going to change our lives. He's never going to be able to be unattended. It doesn't look good. And, you know, as a parent, you're heartbroken. They have two other children. They don't want to have any loss in their communication with their kids, but they're going to have to give extra attention. They were going to have a fourth child. They're not sure they're going to do that now. So you got a lot of things in play. But what you can't deny 
is that my I, I will take I won't take credit, but I'll stand in there as a grandparent and as a parent and say, what a fantastic position of faith that my daughter has grown into. She has made the determination that she will do the best that she can as a human being to give this child the best life she can, and she will not quit hoping. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we do know that they're having multiple weather alerts. We know that's going on because you want to know why? Because there's multiple weather happening. Like that? See, that's pretty good, right? Okay, so I'm going to give you something we haven't done in over a year, and uh, Dynamite D's never heard this. Ready? I'm going to give you a quick traffic report. Ready? Here's a traffic report. Ready? There are cars on the road. Wow, Dave. Thank you for that. Yes. Hey, if I can help, I'm here for that. Itty little bit. Yeah, you guys asked for it. All right, uh, here's your trivia question. Here we go. Uh, how much did the poor widow woman put into the offering plate? How much did the poor widow woman put into the offering plate? Now, before you say all she had, I'm looking for the amount. Okay, I'm just saying. Uh, if you think you know, 972 445 you can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at org. And we are going to do a couple of these jokes, because this one, this one, my friends, this one could be the best joke we've ever told on the show. You ready? All right. Get ready. Here we go. Did you hear about the cheese factory that exploded in France? There was nothing left but debris. <laughs> debris because it's cheese. Debris. Brie cheese. You didn't get that one, did you? <laughs> That's full. That is so funny. All right. Uh, what is the resemblance between a green apple and a red apple? We've done one just like this before. They're both red except for the green one. <laughs> Nip it in the bud. <laughs> Why did the tomato blush? Because it saw the salad dressing. Fish and salad. We'll get them next time. Okay. <laughs> did you hear about the first restaurant to open up on the moon? It had great food, but no atmosphere. Yummy. <laughs> that was good timing. All right, that's all we're going to do on this. That Brie one is hilarious. You see, there's nothing left but debris. See, Brie is a cheese, so. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, how much did the poor uh, widow woman put into the offering plate? We're not looking for you to do that perfectly, but we are looking for you to uh, have the idea of what it is, and uh, yes, it is. It was all that she had to put in, so she, she gave all that she had. So that's the trivia. That's that. Those were good jokes. I like. Them. All right, let's go into this last segment. And if nobody calls, remind me to do the trivia, or I'll forget. If you're driving out there, be very careful, please. You can just listen. You don't got to text while you're driving. That's probably not a good idea to do anyway. Uh, here we go on the rest of this uh, axe portion. Uh, so we're in axe. 
14, we're at verse 21. After preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned again to Lystria, Iconia, and Antioch and Pisidia, where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith. I taught on this about three weeks ago. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that they must enter into the kingdom of God through many tribulations. Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church and prayed with them with fasting, turning them over to the care of the Lord in whom they had come to trust. Then they traveled back to Pisidia and Pamphylia and preached again in Perga and then went on to Italia. So the big thing in this text right here that I want you to catch is, and we've talked about it before, it's really important, Paul and Barnabas go and they're planting churches and they're helping establish churches in all these different areas. And what do they do? They go back. And you think, well, why do they go back? Because the truth of the matter is that believers need to be strengthened. They needed to be strengthened. We need to be strengthened. I need to be strengthened. You need to be strengthened. We need to be encouraged. How does that strengthening take place? We need to be encouraged by continuing in the faith. Because what some people do is they take their faith and they move forward before the Lord and they get into it. And some seasons are definitely better than others. But then sometimes there's a big pullback. Yeah, I'm just hanging. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to heaven. But if you don't move forward in the Lord, you're dishonoring the Lord. And I know you don't want to do that. Not if you're a genuine Christian. And then Paul, you know, the caveat, they remind them it's through many tribulations that one enters the kingdom of God. It's not just, a, you know, you get on the, the, the slippy slide at the, at the water park and you just go, woo, 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 that ain't what it is. It's a lot more standing in line than going on the slide. <laughs> I'm just saying that's, that's the truth. And so we need to be encouraged. It's not just shows like this. It's everything that we're doing for everyone. And, and to be, like, fully honest, I need to be more encouraging for my wife and for my kids. The worst thing that I do, you know, as parents, it's really difficult. This is such a hard thing. You want to be proud of all that the kids do, okay? And, and they're doing their best just like you were doing your best for your parents and they were doing their best for their parents, whatever. But inevitably, you always have advice. It's one thing if the advice is sought. If it's, it's another thing if the advice is, you know, pushed on you. <laughs> I didn't like it, and I bet my kids don't like it. And I want to do a, I actually do want to do a better ju- job of just being encouraging. Like I could always come up with a comment and say, well, you guys should do this, or you should go about it this way, or this is dumb, don't do this. Instead of having that attitude, maybe I can just be encouraging. And you think, well, he's a Christian. He should know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. I don't know very many people who do it perfectly. I've got the best in-law ever. They don't do it perfectly. It's like that's not how that works. So here's a great reminder. We need to strengthen one another, and we do that by encouraging one another and by encouraging each other just to keep going and, and not quit and recognize, hey, there's a lot of trials. Through many tribulations, one goes through the, enters the kingdom of God. There's a lot of trials, And we have to maintain our faith and maintain the encouragement and the faithfulness and the diligence we have in the Lord. And there are times where you want to just like go, blah. I don't care what anybody says. The one thing about premillennialism that is the best is this, and that is 
if the Lord comes back right now, it's like, that's all you want. <laughs> it's like, please, please. It's like the best part of the teaching. And that, that hope, that understanding is like so cool. Right? Because it gives you that hope, that ability. But we need to do this with one another and with family and with, look, we have to be encouraged. You know, like like people that are really close, here, here's something I'm going to say. So I'm going to go off track here, but just bear with me. It's hard to forgive people that are closest to you because you expect the most from them. And that's exactly the opposite of how we should be doing it. The people that are closest to you should get the largest dose of forgiveness, the best that you have to offer, because they're close to you, right? So, I mean, that's hugely important. So they went through and they encouraged everybody. They strengthened everybody. And how they strengthened them is they encouraged them to remain in faith. Don't give up, man. Don't quit. I know there's a lot of trials. I know there's a lot of stuff to go through. Don't give up. Isn't that great? I just, come on. That's stuff so past me. I just it doesn't even matter. All right. Uh, how did the poor widow woman? Uh, how much did the poor widow woman put into all the offering plates? I want to read the different things people said. Two mites. Two pennies. Uh, two copper coins. Two all the great. Two small coins. Mites. Copper pennies. They, they essentially the lowest denomination that was available. So in our understanding, it would be two pennies, right? I mean, that would be it. So you had two cents, which is funny if you're Jewish because you always want to give your two cents. That's why your mother serves you alphabet soup so she can always